Hello, patrons, and welcome to episode 10 of Minis and Movies. I am your host, John Spencer, of course, and tonight we are going to talk about uh, Black Hawk Down as our movie, and I'm going to live build my Armada list. Actually, I'm cheating. I kind of have a bunch already built, but I'm going to talk about them and figure out which I'm going to use for our Armada campaign, which I'll cover pretty much exclusively on this, uh, this uh, podcast as soon as we start it. And, uh, yeah, we'll do that tonight. Um, and I'll brief a little, th- little uh, bit on... Malifaux from a game I played uh, that I did not get to recount anywhere else, so I figure here's a good spot for it. As always, I do thank you for continuing to patronize us, uh, or patronize us even sometimes, hey. Uh, but uh, your patronage is very helpful, keeps the lights on, keeps us uh, our technology up to date, helps us defray the cost of hosting and getting new equipment when we need to. Um, and as always, if you have any ideas for me, hit me up uh, at Twitter. I'm at John O. Spencer. Uh, that's the best way to reach me, honestly. Uh, Facebook, John Oakland Spencer. That's the second best way to reach me. Or John Oakland Spencer at Yahoo.com is an email address I have. I have multiple because I am a geek and we have multiple email addresses. But uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, I'm not drinking anything tonight because uh, I just finished my dinner and I'm kind of full. I don't want to fill up with more liquid. I might suck on a little bit of leftover uh, Mountain Dew spiked lemonade, which is really good out of the tap at uh, Taco Bell, but uh, really, really not good for me, I can tell. It's like made from diabetes, directly. But anyways, I'm going to start with Malifaux. Uh, I started playing Malifaux again with the guys down at Third Eye Games down in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, It would be uh, Bill Kunkel, Interlight, who is our local henchman. Um, not a lot of people down there right now. We had a lot more for the Slow Grow League back when I was doing that, if you remember back months ago. Uh, but still some people down there. We played a game. Um, not to get too much details, but uh, early on I was losing models very quickly, and he was not, and he had started with a model advantage, so things were looking grim. Um, I, I griped a little bit about it, as you do, uh, but I stayed with it and played and continued to keep my eye on the prize. And as would have it, uh, towards the end of the game, he could have backed off and gone just for the draw, but he did not, like a good sport does when we're having a fun game. And he went in trying to win the game. Uh, he failed to kill my master, and honestly, he really didn't have a chance at that point um, to kill my master, so I ended up killing the model I needed to and won the game by one point. Uh, the point I want to get to is, even when a game's not going your way, there are two choices. You either re-rack and play again if it's early enough, or soldier on, see what your stuff does, and see if you can pull it out, or even see if you can accomplish some goals, see what you could do. Um, honestly, tournament format is not the best way to do everything, and people are like, oh, I'm not going to win, who cares? It can still be a fun game. You can see if things are balanced or not, because it may be CID for uh, War Machine or Hordes, and maybe some other format where you can actually affect what models are used. Or even help the person go, okay, this is really good, this does what you want it to do, you can take this to the next level you need to. Uh, so always keep that in mind, keep your head in the game, try and play until it's absolutely a foregone conclusion. If there's a point where you both like, this is done, uh, there's nothing to be gained from any further, then that point you stop and uh, go on to the next thing. So, little topic there. Uh, now, let us talk about Star Wars Armada, and let me... Uh, bring up the website. Uh, that is, uh, you want to look for Armada Warlords on Google. Uh, the website's actually armadawarlords.hivelabs.solutions. It's a very good website. Um, you can log in and save your lists. It has every just about everything up to date. Um, the most recent releases are not fully up to date on it, but they're close. As soon as the cards are spoiled and someone gets them a good screen capture or he gets a good screen capture of them or scan of them, he puts that stuff directly on his uh, website so he can... Uh, so you can build this for it. It's a great list builder. Now I talked about last time the how the difference between a campaign and playing normally is where you have all these 
upgrades you just can't take. You have very few upgrades you can take. Um, so that really changes the way you build lists. Uh, a lot of things I would do and I've tested, I don't do. Instead, uh, I uh, try and make new stuff. I'm going to try and play some stuff that I haven't played before. It should be interesting. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what we get there. All right, so let's take a look here. I've got a bunch of lists already made. I'm going to go over a couple of them, uh, bounce the idea around. Uh, now, the basic concept is I want to make sure my fighter support is minimal points or just designated to absolutely devastate fighters. And I have a couple builds I've been using for that. There's a couple different ways to do it, and uh, I'm not sure which one I want to use. i got a bunch of campaign versions here using various... Uh, combinations of fighters. Uh, the basic idea is I like to use headhunters to keep their fighters pinned in place because they are super duper cheap and if they die I don't really care. And then I fly in uh, Corrin Horn who is in an E-Wing with Snipe 4 and Bo and uh, Rogue so he can move and fire in the same turn. And then I use Hera in the Ghost to escort two other E-Wings. As funny as that little statement is, escorting E-Wings. And they have Snipe 3 and she gives them Rogue so that they can all just go in and just crush the shit out of some fighters and kill them dead. So that's a common thing. I've got a lot of little lists that are just, you know, sort of bare-bones ships with that, but that's not really fun. So I got a couple other ones. I got a couple spam lists um, and, you know, another one that I call Jank. We'll see what these are. Now the hardest thing is deciding what your uh, commander is going to be, your fleet commander. Uh, mine are either Garmbel Iblis, who is from the Heir to the Empire novels, uh, he was a senator, went into exile, and eventually came out and helped the Republic. Uh, his ability is basically, uh, at the first and fifth round, you each friendly ship gain number of command tokens equal to its command value. That's really good because it gives you a lot of extra resources to spend. That's all he does. He's kind of medium value at 25 points, but not bad. Now, there's a sort of cheaty thing you can do, and I call it cheaty. It's not really cheating, but it's kind of cheaty. Is You can put extra upgrades on ships with the intention of taking them off after the first game and putting them wherever you want. Uh, so... Keep in mind a couple minor like that. Now this one is an MC-80 battlecruiser. That's the winged Liberty type uh, Mon Calmite cruiser. Uh, it's my flagship, of course, as it's my biggest ship. And it's the Mon Karen title, which uh, means a defending ship cannot spend more than one defense token, which is really good. And it's got hella firepower in the front, four red dice, three blue, five shields up there. Then the rest of it's kind of jank. It's uh, kind of pissant around the sides and rear. Not a lot of firepower, not a lot of uh, shields. So I figured I'd dive straight out with that, just boom, 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 and try to maneuver around. It is speed 3, so it's not slow or anything, so that's not bad. Uh, I've got two Hammerhead uh, Torpedo Corvettes, which are the close rangey versions. Um, they're also kind of better to the front and kind of jank around the sides and absolute ass to the rear. But they're a lot more maneuverable than it is uh, lying. They're slightly more maneuverable than it is, just slightly. Uh, same speed and different way they work the dial. But it's a lot better at slower speeds than it is. Uh, and I've got a skilled first officer on that, which I'm likely just to get rid of and throw it to the uh, the MC-80 or uh, my next ship when I get the chance. Um, I got another, uh, sorry, uh, I've got a modified Pelta-class assault ship. That's the uh, Phoenix Home version, but this is the attacky version, not the carrier version. Definitely not the Phoenix Home itself. Uh, and it's pretty good. Again, it's really good to the front and kind of okay to the sides. And decent rear firepower with two red dice, but only one shield, so not great. I just have a good engineering value of 4, so it can repair the hell out of some shields, uh, just like the MC-80. And uh, it has external racks, which gives me one turn of two extra black dice, which is great. You come up front, two red, four black would be hellacious. Uh, and then the last ship is another torpedo, hammerhead torpedo corvette. And this has got a Shoka Tano on it, and she has a really cool ability where you exhaust this card and discard a command token from the ship, uh, from another ship, 
to give this ship a command token of any type. Uh, as the Hammerheads tend to use their own tokens, she'll be good for the first week, but honestly, I plan on putting that on another ship also. Uh, either the Pelta or the uh, MC-80. Now, four ships is pretty good, uh, so I left it there, and my fighter outlay is actually quite significant. I think I'm using just about all the points I can. It has Cornhorn and Hera and two E-Wings, and then instead of the Hammerheads, or the uh, Hammerheads, the Headhunters to lock them in place, it has three A-Wings and Shara Bay, who is a unique A-Wing pilot. Um, the A-Wings are better because they're faster, actually slightly tougher, uh, better in combat, and they have counter too, so if they shoot the A-Wings, the A-Wings shoot back, which starts to whittle them down. And Shara Bay is even better. She's got counter three and her crits count for counter, and she's got both a uh, brace for impact to have damage or a scatter to take no damage. Uh, so I kind of like that overall. Um, now, the other ones I have are... Shortest ship spams. Uh, I'll go to the big ship spam one, which is uh, very, very spammy. And this has uh, th this is uh, General Kraken as my uh, fleet commander. He basically means my small and medium ships are defending. If they're speed 3 or higher, the attack is treated as obstructed, so your opponent loses a die, which is good value. It's basically, I mean, it could be taken off a hit. It doesn't matter how close they are or whatever, just take a die away. Super duper cool. So, uh, I have three Hammerhead Corvette, Torpedo Corvettes, each one with external racks for three extra for two extra black dice, which gives them one turn of good firepower, and then they're just going to wander off and hope they're still alive. Uh, then I have a two Assault Frigate Mark A's, which, <coughs> excuse me, if you're familiar with Armada, are kind of weird. They call them frogs. They're kind of weird-looking ships, but I like them because they look like spaceships. And they're sort of the, the middle-of-the-road one. They have good anti-squadron, solid number of boxes. Though not the only one more than the Hammerheads, which is surprising. But really good shields with four front, three to the sides, and two rear. A good four for engineering, which means it can repair a lot. And uh, a solid outlay of dice with um, the front and back being equal at two red and a blue, and the sides being three red and a blue, which is pretty solid. It's pretty good for many facing, better, of course, from the sides. But uh, and one of those, of course, is my flagship, and that one has redundant shields. It's the start of any status phase, I get to recover one shield. And then the other one, it has Major Durlin, who before I start to attack, I can exhaust him to reduce the total damage by one. Uh, I think survivability is going to be key for larger ships, because you're not going to have the points to fix them if they get beat up. So I really like that one. The uh, fighter outlay is not as good as I'd normally like. There's Hera, two E-Wing squadrons, and three Headhunter squadrons. Uh, still good enough to take out some fighters, and honestly, both the Assault Frigates have two blue dice for anti-squadrons, so they're good. And the Hammerheads don't, but if they get close enough, they have black dice for anti-squadron, which is pretty hella good. And the last one uh, makes use of my new favorite cruiser, um, very similar to that this one, but uh, I reworked the ships a little bit. I still have three Hammerheads with external racks. Uh, I have a modified Pelta-class assault ship, which is the uh, one I talked about previously with uh, pretty solid firepower. Uh, but instead of external racks, it has Major Durlin on it to reduce damage by one. Uh, since the Pelta is stuck at speed two, cannot go speed three, I got rid of General Kraken and saved a point, I believe it was, over at, and went back to uh, Garmbel Ibis for the extra, Ibis for the extra uh, command tokens. Uh, he's on my flagship, which is an MC-75 Ordnance Cruiser, or the Profundity from uh, Rogue One. Uh, it's a very cool ship. I like the way it looks. Again, I like that it looks like a spaceship. It doesn't really look like, you know, you know, sort of descended from a flying ship or a submarine or something. It looks really cool. Uh, it also has redundant shields because that's what you do with your flagship sometimes. And its firepower is really odd but cool because it's got uh, it's got three red and two black to each side with three shields, which is really good. Uh, it's, it's front's a little weird with three black and 
two blue and then the rear has two black. Uh, really weird rear firepower, but uh, overall very much like it. Uh, interesting, and I kind of want to play with it. The fighter outlay from this one is just slightly different than the other one. It's Hera, two E-Wings, and four Z-95 Headhunter Squadron. So those are the three lists I'm looking at. Uh, I like them all, really. They're all kind of cool. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with one of the ones with more ships because, uh, honestly, once I get into it, the uh, <laughs> uh, E-Wings are bombers, so they're not terrible after the fact, So, but they're not great versus ships. As a matter of fact, the E-Wings are better because they roll a black die. They're just not a bomber, so they do different damage. I really like the way the whole dice work in this. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. Um, pretty much it's all my ideas. I have other ideas that were like, you know, the whole thing and then have a... Uh, medium transport unit with a bomber command center to make the bombers worth it later in the later in the thing um i'm just not sure oh excuse me how good those are um this one's kind of weird because it's got a uh, pelta command ship which is the command variant which is red and blue dice rather than red and black dice still just as slow better squadron value uh, it has boosted comms to give it better ability to command squadrons I have a medium transport with Bomber Command Center to uh, give the bombers more effect. Other than that, it's just sitting out there a target. I have an MC-80 Assault Cruiser, which is the big Mon Cal Cruiser, with General Dodania on it because uh, he makes crits really good. And he's cheap as hell at 20 points, and it has redundant shields because you want that. And now the, the MC-80 Assault Cruiser is crazy good because it's got two blue dice for anti-fighter, which is good. And then... The front and the rear firepower are okay at two red and a blue, but the side firepowers are crazy good at four red and two blue. I mean, it can stand off and fire, which is good because it's slow as balls. It's speed two. And then I have one uh, hammerhead with external racks, which is a pretty good value, honestly. Uh, looks like one of my go-tos. The fighters in this is a little bit different. I got Hera, two E-Wings, of course. I don't have anything really hold anything in place, but I do have four squadrons of Y-Wings and two Lancer Pursuit class. Uh, now the Lancers are good because they're also rogue, and I figure I'd be using my command my uh, command tokens to make the Y-Wings move or move and attack. So they get them up there. They're super tough. They can take a beating, and then the E-Wings come peel stuff off, and the next turn maybe the Y-Wings move on and uh, start. Uh, Blasting ships. Now they can't actually hold squadrons, but most squadrons want to stay and blow them up because uh, they're bombers with a black die, which is hella, hella good. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, that's another thing I like about the Lancer class pursuit craft is that they are also bombers with a black die. Uh, they're expensive at 15 points. The fact the uh, two squadrons of Lancers is as expensive as uh, three squadrons of Y Wings, and they're not as tough, but they're faster and better against uh, fighters, so. It's a good mix-up. This is a really interesting one. I just don't think I'm going to play it just because it's a little more than I want. I don't want to be focusing on bombers. I need to get the ships down, then we'll work on that. But I, but I keep it. It's a it's a good leftover list. Um, so my real choice is between, uh, I feel, uh, I feel the, uh, the one list with the two assault frigates and uh, the hammerheads is a little too, it's a little bit too spammy for my taste. So I'm pretty much only deciding between the, uh, the Garnbell Ibis on the Ordnance Cruiser and the Garnbell Ibis on the uh, Battle Cruiser. Um, with the pelt and the two hammerheads. Um, I think I'm going to go with the five-ship version, and I'm going to rock the uh, the Profundity, the MCA-75, Garmbel, Iblis, uh, Pelta, and that, then the three hammerheads. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, a good mix. It's got a decent amount of squadrons, not too many. And as points go up, we can add more. Uh, I even have a point left, so at some point, ha, uh, no pun intended, I will get to add more stuff. So that's it. Just to... Uh, Reiterate, it's an MC-75 Ordnance Cruiser with Garm Bell Iblis, uh, redundant shields. Then I have a modified Pelta-class assault ship with Major Durlin. 
on it. And then I have three Hammerhead Torpedo Corvettes with external racks for more torpedoes, because that's what you do. My squadrons are Harris and Dola on the Ghost. Uh, two E-Wing squadrons to hang out with her and be all rogue and killing fighters. And then four Headhunter squadrons to go basically run out and interdict fighters. Get in the way, keep them from swarming me. Uh, maybe if they kill some, even better. I could probably spend some time... Uh, uh, the Ordnance Cruiser could probably spend some time to uh, uh, do squadron command, send them flying. And honestly, a squadron command on the Pelta would be just as good as using... the A squadron token on the Pelta would be just as good as using the command. Because whenever you use the command, you activate a number of squadrons equal to your squadron value. But if you use a token, you only activate one, and its squadron value is one. As a matter of fact, aside from the command shoot, the Ordnance Cruiser, they're all one, so... We'll see. We're going to call that my list. Uh, there you go. Not quite live building it, but probably uh, a little more interesting to hear me talk about my thoughts in there. Because um, honestly, it's easy to build lists with this uh, Armada Warlords website. You just poke around and hit buttons, take this out, add this in. Uh, I've got about uh, 16 lists saved. Uh, probably only about 14 active ones, because two of them are my first and second try that I keep in there just for shits and giggles. Um, some very interesting uh, ideas in there, and I hope to uh, try eventually if we get to play it enough. So, uh, Ron! Alright, so uh, next our movie section, we're going to talk about Black Hawk Down. Now, I'm going to go into my little spiel here beforehand. I have not watched it recently yet, but we'll get some of the details out of the way, then we'll uh, pause and we'll go watch it. Um, now, I've read the book Black Hawk Down, and Black Hawk Down is a very good book. Uh, it was absolutely riveting from beginning to end. It's uh, Mark Bowden, who's the author, did a great job of taking a novel, a, uh, a news story, and turning it into an actual, what felt like a novel, felt like fiction, but it was actually real. Uh, this uh, whole thing, both of them uh, recount the events of the 1993 raid in Mogadishu by the U.S. military, uh, trying to capture a, uh, a leader there who was uh, involved in bad stuff. It was a really, it's a really complicated situation I don't want to get into. Um, it uh, definitely set the stage for what happened later in warfare. Um, military tactics, military ideas, and also what other countries would do to us when we come in. Um, it has a uh, it has a really good cast for the movie um, with Josh Hartnett, Ewan McGregor, Eric Bana, Tom Sizemore, William Fitchner, Jason Isaacs, Tom Hardy, and Sam Shepard. Uh, it also has Orlando Bloom for about 12 seconds, which is not important. Uh, plus, uh, the guy who played uh, Reed Richards in the first two Fantastic Four movies is in there. I forget his name off the top of my head because it's it's somewhat weird. Um, I really enjoy the crap out of this movie. Um, I feel like it runs a good gambit between uh, serious war movie and actioning it up for crowds. Because you need to. You're making a movie, it needs to be interesting. Um, I find it interesting. It is a bit hard at points, by my recollection, to uh, keep track of all the characters. Because there's a ton of characters in there. Um, to be fair, the book is also hard to uh, keep track of it. But I really love this movie. Um, I usually watch it on DVD. I've got the extra version with the uh, PBS or I think it was PBS uh, special on it. But instead, I'm going to watch it on Amazon because I'm sitting in my office. I'm going to grab something to drink uh, and pause this and watch it. Now, it is 144 minutes, so it is going to take me quite some time to get there and going to eat up the rest of my night. But, hey, that's what I do for you guys. So I'm going to pause now, and uh, I'll come back with some thoughts, fresh thoughts and reviews of it uh, soon. All right, I figured I'd take this uh, quick break to uh, give an update. Um, better to give my thoughts on the movie. I'm about 35 minutes in. All the setup is done. They're about to start the actual uh, operation. And uh, I really like uh, 
the quick intros of the characters um, on whatever viewing this is. I can kind of tell what they're setting up with which character. I mean, some of it's a little telegraphed. Um, it makes some of them a bit uh, characters, but not overly so. So pretty good. Uh, soundtrack's interesting. The the whole thing is interesting from, you know, the quasi-realism of it. Uh, very enjoyable. Uh, the main characters all get some chance to uh, get some ideas of their personality. Um, so far, I'm liking it. Uh, this is a slow part. It's like a slow build. Uh, a little bit of tension, and then uh, it's going to go right into the assault, and that'll be pretty much non-stop action with a couple small breaks uh, for almost the remainder of the hour and 49 running time. Uh, hour and 49 of the running time, so... Uh, that should be interesting, so I'm going to pause this again and hit you guys up, uh, maybe at a good lull, good lull point. Uh, knowing the movie, about the time when they uh, settle down for the night and there's not a lot of shooting, I'll recap there and uh, I'll give you my th uh, thoughts on the uh, second third of the movie. So, about 55 minutes left. Uh, the main beginning action is all uh, done. Uh, kind of act one is done. Uh, it's really weird because this doesn't really have a three-act structure, if you will, unless you count the whole lead-up to the event being the first act, then the whole event being the second act, and then the end of the movie, the third act. So, kind of at the end of the second act, about 55 minutes still to go. Uh, I'll be getting to this a little late. Hobby streaks can be difficult today, but no worries. Um, I really like how it doesn't really glorify the violence. I mean, people are getting bloody killed. Um, there's no... They, they have a couple guys who are like... There's a guy who is the bad guy because you need to have a movie, but it's not ever stated that these guys are evil. They're just the enemy. Uh, I like that. They're... I don't want to say they're faceless enemy, but it's sort of like they're the enemy because they have different goals. They're not... Uh, they're not malicious. They're shooting because we're in their area, because they're in their home and uh, fighting them. Uh, that whole con that whole conflict was very complicated. Um, as I said, I have the DVD with the PBS, I think it is, or something special, and it was very good. It explains, between that and the book, it explains a lot more in depth into it. Um, I really can't highly recommend the book enough. I mean, it really goes in deep. Um, I saw this movie, really liked it, and bought the book and really enjoyed that learned to a couple different people um but i like all the actors in this they all do a good job um there is conflict within the uh, protagonist without it being too bad uh there's a young tom hardy doing his part in it uh for with an understandable voice for once which is amazing um like i said it doesn't really glorify the violence it's not like you know guys going out killing all the bad guys yeah i kill all the bad guys no it's just guys going out there and doing their duty and you know what they're doing the military to do to cover their uh to do you know, to cover their uh, friends and, you know, get all everyone out alive, people going back out. Um, it hits all the right notes. It's uh, uh, terrifying violence-wise at, at points, but also uplifting in the guys being uh, courageous and sacrificing themselves for others and, uh, you know, all that. You got the uh, two uh, Delta snipers, uh, Shugart and Gordon, who went down and protect the second Blackhawk that went down. Uh, not knowing if they were survivors, they chose to, to go down and secure the crash site, knowing that there's a damn good chance that they would die. And I respect that greatly because it's, uh, it's a courageous thing to do. They both, uh, if I remember correctly, got the Medal of Honor for that. Um, but yeah, like, but good action, um, but not overly Hollywood action. It's chaotic without being distracting or or uh, un hard to follow. You can tell what's going on, but it is still chaotic. A um, lot of moving parts, but but not too bad. Um, interesting note is they follow Sergeant Eversman and his uh, group, even though in real life Sergeant Eversman actually extracted with the Humvees early in. 
Um, the real Sergeant Evans have no idea why they chose that for the movie, but I guess it was because uh, the gentleman who was on site is Hispanic, and you can't really have a modern uh, action movie, at least from the 2000s, with a Hispanic lead in Hollywood. That's not gonna not gonna happen too often, unfortunately. That's sort of reality of movie making. Um, but I like Josh Hartnett; he's a good lead in this. Um, everyone, everyone in it is is does a really good, uh, really got solid performance. A couple of the extras are kind of mediocre, but uh, you know, no, no one's really bad at all. So uh, about to go uh, get some more drink and uh, go into the last bit of it, and I'll uh, catch you guys all at the end. So there we go, end of the movie. Uh, another uh, big action scene. Uh, feels some uh, interesting uh, statements. Uh, gets a little deep at the end, you know, trying to. Uh, add some meaning to the whole thing, but uh, there's something there if you want to take something from it. If not, it's still a very good movie. Um, I hesitate to say it's enjoyable. It's not a fun movie, but it is a good movie, a good watch. I couldn't watch it, like, frequently, because it is a bit sad at points, but uh, it is one of my favorite war movies. Um, in fact, it may be my actual favorite war movie with only uh, the uh, series Band of Brothers being a little bit better, but Band of Brothers is probably the pinnacle of those types of uh, features so so i enjoy the heck out of it very good cast uh like watching as i said i own it special edition on dvd i would buy the blu-ray if uh they came out with the blu-ray uh version with the extended apparently there's an extended cut with eight more minutes yeah it seemed like much but i would consider it if it came out but uh, there we go enjoyable movie uh like the cast i uh, like how it portrays war never glorified uh always terrible outcomes terrible uh terrible things happening and, uh, so that's it, uh, for that movie. I give it zero shots of Kraken, as I said, is one of my favorite war movies, and I enjoy the crap out of it. Uh, I suggest checking it out. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime for free, as is most things I'm watching right now. Um, my Netflix time has taken up, uh, finishing up, uh, Altered Carbon. As soon as that's done, I will consider going and, uh, doing more movies, switching back to Netflix occasionally, and, uh, watching some of the movies there. Now, next movie I am perusing right now. Now, obviously, if you guys ever have an idea for a movie you guys want me to watch, hit me up at John O. Spencer on Twitter, John Oakland Spencer on Facebook, or John Oakland Spencer at Yahoo.com. Um, there's a couple things here that pique my interest. Um, I mean, lots of very amazing movies and some not so amazing. Uh, you know what? I'm going the other direction. This is a bit heavy. I want to watch something different. I'm going to put this on my watch list. Mortal Kombat next week, gentlemen. And ladies, if there's any ladies out there. Uh, Mortal Kombat, can watch that, review that. That's uh, not a terribly serious movie. Uh, maybe one of the best uh, video game to movie adaptations out there. So look for that next time. And then uh, as for my miniature part, I guess it's not next week, it's two weeks. Uh, not really sure. Um, we're starting March 3rd, so won't be able to get the uh, Armada for that, so... I'll hit up some Infinity or Malifosis to play that again and talk about one of those two for the miniatures part. And then, uh, as I said, uh, Mortal Kombat for free on Amazon Prime. Check it out. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Feel free to send me any comments. Uh, if you'd like me stomping it a couple times in a movie, especially one that long, to uh, throw ideas out there and concepts. Or if you guys prefer me to watch it and come back and review it later. Or if you like the one last week where it was, or last time where it was, I watched the entire movie and then went and did a whole review at once. So let me know what you think. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you all next time.